Welcome to the Detecting History podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. Watcher Watcher always reminds me of my granddad. He always used to say that when he saw someone. Uh, if you're not from the UK, it's well in some of the areas, especially down south, or maybe up north. I don't know. Let me know if it's up north as well. But watcher is kind of an informal way of saying hello, how are you doing? I hope you're well. Uh, this week in the UK we've had Storm Babette, so that's brought some chaos and uh, people have been suffering with the winds and flooding so I really hope you're all okay out there and you're safe uh, it is still going on currently as I speak as I'm recording this intro so hopefully that clears off and then us detectorists can enjoy a nicely soaked but not too soaked ground hopefully at the weekend and hopefully when you're listening to this you're on your way to a lovely dig on a lovely sunny day and you're going to have perfect digging conditions so what else has been going on this week? Yesterday, friend of the show Future Bleeps brought to my attention via an Instagram post the discovery of a new Iron Age British king due to a gold coin found in, wait for it, my home county, Hampshire. Oh my goodness, very exciting. Experts say the coin is stamped with the name Esunertos, meaning mighty as the god Esos or Essos. How do we ever know how to pronounce these things? Anyway, this king possibly led as a king out of Danesbury Hill Fort. And the experts think that the coin was possibly struck between 50 and 30 BC, shortly after Julius Caesar's first Roman raid attempt of Britain in 55 BC. So this is really exciting. It just shows how our hobby is influencing history great people out there finding great stuff reporting it and it's all getting recorded as it should be and rewriting history so exciting um so well done to the detectorist lewis fudge i don't know if you listen lewis but if you do you are amazing and well done and this week the coin sold for a whopping twenty thousand pounds well over the estimate of around about four thousand pounds so there you go everybody bit of exciting news take a look online you'll find it google something like a new british king discovered and you will see all the articles and all the different newspapers and again thanks future bleeps for uh sharing that post on instagram for us all okay enough of me rattling on you're here to listen to our guest and this week we've got the amazing sophie sophie on insta at girl that digs sophie uh made her first post on instagram had her first detecting post on Instagram on the 15th of April this year. And she has gone from strength to strength, finding some amazing things, a big character on Instagram. So, so helpful. Friend of the show. Uh, you're really going to enjoy listening to her stories of everything she's found so far. And even some tales of some uh, chaotic detecting experiences with robot lawnmowers. Who knew? <laughs> anyway, enjoy the interview. 
Welcome, everybody, to the Detecting History podcast. This week, we've got the wonderful Sophie, girl that digs on with us this week. How are you doing, Sophie? I'm great. Thank you. It's great to be on here. Lovely to have you on. Thank you so much. It's been a, a while in the making, hasn't it? We've had this in the diary for a while, so I've been ever so excited we to have. get you on. Yeah, I know you from Instagram, and I've been following you for a while. So you've got over a 1,000 followers on Instagram, and you have been finding yeah. lots of amazing stuff, and you get to do lots of cool collabs and all the rest of it so really looking to get to know you and and your history in detecting um which region of the uk are you actually in so i'm in worcestershire so um yeah so it's sort of middle of the country and um i live on a farm um so i've got lots of fields around me it's not a working farm anymore but um yeah family farm so sort of really rural yeah and uh yeah, that's handy. Lots of history around here, which is great. Yeah, lots of history. And handy that you actually live on a farm, right? <laughs> yeah, which is probably why I got into it in the first place, to be honest. I think, you know, um, the fact that I had fields around me meant I could just go out and potter with my yeah. cheap uh, Chinese <laughs> imported um, metal detector that I had with that. Um, but yeah. Brilliant. That's a follow up question, actually. So. How did you get into detecting, first of all? And you were inspired by the fields, but was there someone that got you into it specifically? Um, yeah, so a bit of both, really. A, a long story. Um, so my father-in-law was a farmer, and yeah. um, he retired probably, oh, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that, possibly a bit longer. Um, like all farmers, mental health wasn't great. You know, we were a bit worried when he gave up farming, what he was going to do. So yeah. we bought him this cheap crap metal detector, which, you know, at the time had no idea what we were doing. Just bought some 50 quid metal detector um, and gave him it for a present, kind of hoping that he'd still get outside and, metal, you know, into the fields. And metal yeah. detector, there was all a story about, um, somewhere on the farm, you know, great granddad had buried some, I don't know, coins or money or, you know, something. Yeah. So he always had this like story about, you know, typical farmer wouldn't pay anything into the bank and he'd buried something somewhere. So <laughs> um, we were like, go out, go out and find it, you know, get back in the fields and do it. Well, he really wasn't very interested in it. Oh. So I would, it's, I know it was a real shame. So I took this metal detector, which was terrible. Um, out into the fields and I'd just find absolute trash. But I love I loved it. I loved, you know, just digging out, I don't know, bits of old tractor and goodness knows what else. Yeah. Um and so that kind of yeah got my interest um really, I suppose, in in metal detecting. And then um the pandemic hit. Um well my father in law passed away and the pandemic hit and um it was a friend of um my brother in law's who just after the pandemic said, can I, you know, he was a metal detector. He said, can I come and detect on your land? Mm. So we said, yeah, of course, no worries. And he said, well, bring a spare detector and the kids can have a go and you can have a go. So we spent this day with Rich, a friend of ours, and um, I absolutely loved it. Again, we found nothing really in our field um, apart from, yeah, just trash. Um, but it was just, it just got my interest. I loved it so much. I was so sort of, you know, excited by it, wanted to get into it. 
Um, and then fast forward probably about six months or so, my brother-in-law um, bought a metal detector, a decent one. Yeah. He started and then he set up a group, Mercy um, Metal Detecting, which I'm part of. Oh. And um, he, um, his first dig was April the 1st and uh, we got a message from him to say that he, they thought they found a scattered hoard or a purse spill. Um, yeah. And I literally was like, no, he, he's, you know, <laughs> he's taken the key. This is a joke, you know, this is a complete wind-up. First group yeah. dig, no way. Well, we knew the farm. Obviously, being from a farming family, you know, lots of contacts. So it was on another farmer's land we know very well. So I said, right, let's get in the car. Let's go over and check this out. If he has found, oh, that's amazing. I need to see it. Yeah. So we went over and sure enough, they had found a a scattered hoard or a purse bill, you know. Um, So I think they found about 33 Henry the Third wins. Nice. As few wins as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just got to this group dig, and the atmosphere was amazing because everybody was really, you know, excited, yeah. and they'd marked out the area, and it, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. And whilst I was there, I was sort of talking to one of the guys and said, I really want to get into it, but you know, quite clearly, it's predominantly male dominated mm-hmm. hobby and lots more women coming through now yeah. but you know I was a little bit sort of anxious about that would I you know it can be intimidating yeah a little bit and I think guys don't understand that but um yeah I wanted to get into it and one of the guys from the group was just lovely and I said here have a go with my detector and uh, you know because I said I'd need quite a lightweight detector um, so I had to go and I found a little silver thimble. I didn't find any of the hoard coins, but I did. They'd like clearly marked <laughs> off that area. I wasn't allowed in there, but I did find a little silver thimble. Yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. loved it. And I said to my husband, that's it. I'm, I'm getting a metal detector and I'm joining the group and I'm taking it from there. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, really. But, um, and then of course, I set up my my Instagram really just to record my finds and my research mm. that I did yeah and uh, not realizing it would go from there and yeah you know. it would take so off. yeah it's been yeah it's been amazing but um all that's happened since April so you know that was the first of April when when all that began and um, my sort of yeah hobby took off properly yeah wow that's a really good story and then even when you went to that dig you then found a silver thimble which is a lot on a lot of people buckets listers right so they're like oh yeah yeah, when you get that first big find and you're immediately addicted aren't you even if everything is trash every hole is exciting isn't it yeah Yeah, it's (laughs) it's a completely addictive hobby um yeah i think you know i've always had a passion for history and for the, the great outdoors, you know, I love being outside, uh, would walk a lot. So it just it finds everything that, mm. you know, I love really. Um, I was hooked. Yeah. Day one, I was absolutely hooked. <laughs> hooked. And like you say, great that you're in the environment you are and you've got all that land. And then obviously your brother-in-law setting up the group yeah. and everything. So it's just open to yeah. you, isn't it? And so you've grabbed it with both hands. It- yeah, I think if I'd have had to go out there and, and you know, seek out permissions, I know that's hard. It's hard 
even, you know, with contacts in the sort of farming community. Mm. But I think if I'd have been, you know, living in a town and I had to go out, find land or find or join groups, I think it would have put me off a little mm. bit. Um, but because I had those those avenues into it, it, it did help me yeah. a lot. Yeah. Made it a bit easier for you. I always, I always say, and myself, I was a bit nervous going to my first group dig and that kind of thing. The community is so, so lovely and so welcoming. Really welcoming. Yeah, any fears you've got, you know, try and put them away and have a go. And Instagram is great as well. And I think that's why that's so successful because those people that don't maybe want to mingle, they can actually chat to each other on Instagram. You see people do doing that from all over the country yeah. don't you they might not have ever met Absolutely. before yeah it is lovely and then the same with the youtubers as well obviously i first yeah. got into detecting i went through all of digger dawn's back catalog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant yeah and just the way she was learning you saw her journey learning the hobby to where yeah. she is now and obviously she's got that natural way of explaining things really well because she used to be a teacher and things like that and she's ever so funny and so that gave me the confidence I was like if Dawn can do it I can do it and you're also inspiring people I'm sure to go out and have a go yeah I mean I hope so I mean the Instagram we talk about the Instagram um community for me that was it was a really massive thing because right away you know I got on there and right away I had followers and um I can't thank people on there really enough for inspiring me, but also helping me with, you know, ideas, finds, giving me advice. Oh, yeah. Um, and creating that sense of community and sort of friendship and belonging. I've made lots and lots of friends on there, which I've yeah. since, you know, met up with um, various rallies. And, um, you know, this week I was out with Detective Ben and we went uh, detecting oh, one afternoon, week, which was great. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Instagram has been really sort of fundamental to um, to my my journey, I suppose, in, in the hobby and obviously corporate um, finding me on there as well. So, yeah, if it wasn't for everybody, probably on Instagram, it, it wouldn't have perhaps, you know, escalated in the way it has. Um, <laughs> but it's just great to be part of a really lovely community of people that all have the same um same interest you know at heart don't we so yeah absolutely yeah. and as, as you mentioned you're part of team Crawford's and then the hobby in itself is just so huge isn't it because the, the actual finding of the stuff is a very small yeah. part of it although it's a big part of it if you know what I mean but then you've yeah. got all of the research before you go on a dig on the land and then when you find an item like you say what is it some things are quite confusing you're not quite sure so then you yeah. talk to your people and work out what it is and then if it's something really good, then you've got to go down the whole flow and you report everything on the portable antiquity scheme. And then who knows if you find your hoard, then you've got a whole <laughs> nother level, haven't you, where you're waiting to see where it ends up and which museum, that kind of thing. It really is yeah. as big as it's as big or as small as you want to make the hobby, isn't it? Depending on it's your enjoyment. Yeah. It yeah. is, yeah. And, and I think early days, sort of, you know, when I started, um, I wasn't finding um, you know, I was finding more artifacts than I wasn't finding Roman coins and I wasn't finding, you know, things that were sort of fairly easy to ID. I mean, I have yeah. found some really random stuff. But actually those things of what of what I love about the hobby because they're the artifacts with the, the social stories and the personal stories and the I mean, I've gone down so many rabbit holes. 
um, spent hours online researching, you know, brooches that I found this brooch with the word mother on and it was linked to HMS Barham, which is a, a wow. naval ship, a World War One and World War Two naval ship. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I was there was a name on it and I was trying to sort of pinpoint on crew lists that this Patrick it was, it was from a, a guy called Patrick to his mother. And yeah, I mean it's just like it's taken me down the deepest, not darkest, <laughs> the deepest sort of rabbit holes on the internet of trying to, yeah, trying to sort of research and find out about things that have got a personal history. And I absolutely love that. I love finding the coins and I love finding all the bucket lists. You know, that's a complete buzz, isn't it? But yeah. um, for me, sometimes it's the little, the weird and wonderful and the personal artifacts that you can actually research and find out about. Um, I love the research and, and I also really enjoy cleaning and restoring um my finds as well um yeah you know learned a lot during that process but um but yeah I sort of enjoy yeah enjoy everything really um it's (laughs) it's a great thing (laughs) yeah it really is and things are never done when you're talking there I was just thinking about what were you saying about the research and um I have a family tree on ancestry .co.uk mm-hmm. the plug but that's where it is and um all yeah. of the records are constantly being obviously digitalized out of the paper yeah. archives so there's constantly more and more information becoming available to us on the internet so i i'm always revisiting finds and going back and seeing what more information i can find and then it's the same with the cleaning some things you have to leave to like dry out for a bit so you can have another bit of a clean so you don't ruin the details so again that can take yeah. a period of weeks or months can't it so it really it is can. yeah ending and a field is never done on top of that so yeah. <laughs> we'll never run out of things to do so <laughs> let's talk about your your detecting gear then um you said you started off with that cheap detector um and then your brother-in-law had that spare one where yeah. are you now what did you start with and where are you now um, so yeah, so when I was dabbling in, in the in the field, it was like a fifty quid off Amazon. I can't even remember where we bought it from, but it was obviously some you know cheapy Chinese um, detector, which um, I was never going to find anything with, basically. But <laughs> then um, my first detector that I bought, because I'd had to go with um, this guy Lee's, that's part of our our club. And I said, I really need something lightweight. You know, his was quite heavy. I, I think he's got a garret, um, but it was quite heavy. And for me, I needed something lightweight. Mm-hmm. So my first detector, when I said, right, I'm doing it, I'm buying one. I got the XP ORX and I loved it. It was great. Yeah, really, really happy with it. It was lightweight and, you know, I was finding stuff with it. And obviously, then um, I got involved with Crawford. Yeah, they're the main distributor for mine labs. So, you know, they moved me over. Some will say to the dark side. I wouldn't <laughs> say the dark side. I I genuinely, I do love my mind lab now. So I've got an Equinox um, 700. Yeah. And uh, again, it's it's very similar to the XP ORX in that it is lightweight. Um, you know, obviously mm. you've got the wireless headphones. Um, and I think I've just... I've had more success with it just because it's got multi-frequency and, um, mm, yeah. More programmable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm a newbie, so I, I'm still learning all the time. Um, I'm also technologically, you know, challenged. <laughs> so I, I'm not very good, you know, I get 
it's very easy, isn't it, to go down the the route of thinking, well, what can I tweak to, um, you know, settings wise to hopefully find more, or you know, on our watch videos. And I started doing that, and then I realised I just it's confusing myself and I and I still am quite quite confused by <laughs> settings and what this means if I change that and so I tend to just use the, the factory settings pretty much um mm. on it but you know I've had success with it and I've definitely found my first hammer with it um well my first two hammers my only two hammers boys I should Yay. say uh, with it and um yeah so I'm, I'm really happy with it I love it and genuinely kind of you know I wouldn't use anything or, or talk about anything that I wasn't fully on you know on board with and, and I do I'm really happy with the mind lab and definitely found my found my machine so um so yeah so I use that um I use the um profiles um 40 pinpointer yeah. Again, my my original pinpoint, which I actually really loved, um, was just a cheap a cheap hand me down from my brother in law. Um, yeah. It's orange, so everybody would say, "Oh, have you got the carrot 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 carrot?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a carrot carrot. It was uh, an Amazon special, I think. It just happened to be orange, but it did the job. But I've got the profile forty pinpointer now, um, so I use that. Very happy with it. And um, spade wise, I I tend to use these two. I like either the Mine Lab Pro Spade. Um, it is a little bit heavy for me to carry if I'm out and mm. about. Today. Yeah. Um, so probably my favourite is the Emitter um, Spade, which I, I most of my permissions are pasture. So uh, I really like that particular spade because it's got the serrated edges to cut through the roots and it's lightweight, yeah. it's quite small. It, it wouldn't be for everybody, um, I don't think, but I, I, yeah, I really like it and I can carry it all day and, you know, it doesn't sort of trouble me mm. weight-wise. So, That's the key, isn't it? You do have to consider weight on all these yeah. things, especially when you're out for so many hours yeah. digging hundreds of holes. <laughs> it takes its toll, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I definitely, I think I've built muscles in places that I, you know, <laughs> I didn't have them before. <laughs> um, I found it, it's got easier and it's got more comfortable. When I first started out, you know, I, I would age a lot, but um, obviously I've just got more and more used to it. And I can be out all day now without suffering too much the next day mm. yeah. um, my lightweight feed and my lightweight so it definitely definitely helps yeah it does make a difference doesn't it and it's good it's good to uh meet up with folks on digs and everyone's always happy for you to hold the machine and see the way if you're not quite sure which route you're gonna go yeah um, and then all the folks in the shops are quite helpful as well if you can make it to one of the stores whichever one it is yeah. um and then finds bag have you got like one that you got around your waist or do you yeah. just have a jacket what do you do with your finds no, I have a fine bag. Uh, I have, again, just an, you know, an Amazon special. <laughs> Good old Amazon. I, I feel like my entire life comes from Amazon. It's like, yeah, the delivery drivers are always here. But, um, yeah, I I had quite, um, well, I've got two fine patches, but um, the one I just, you know, wear um, around my waist and put kind of everything in, my phone and all my supplies and, you know, um, trowel and pinpointer and everything. But, um I do find that it can get a bit heavy and it annoys mm. me after a while, so mm. banging around on the hip. I don't know if you, mm. <laughs> you find that. Yeah. But um so I do have a small XP pouch which um 
just lately, the past couple of times I've been out, I've used that. And um, it sort of sits more like a, a bum bag <laughs> from, the, from the 80s or 90s whenever we were wearing bum bags. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I find that quite comfortable, to be honest. And just lately, I've been I've been using that. I could just about get everything in, um, have to sort of streamline my suppliers a bit. But uh, it would be no good on a hot day. You couldn't get like a bottle of water or anything in there. But right. that's quite handy. Mm. Yeah, and it's just quite comfortable because, yeah, it's not sort of banging around on the... I have to like spin it round the back, you know, to the back. Otherwise, it just makes my hip ache. But uh, yeah, I wear that and take my little coin you know pot and yeah yeah that's it that's all you need then isn't it it does very much depend on weather and how close i am to either the car or the house so i live in a house on a farm it's not my farm um so sometimes the field could be like 200 meters down the road sometimes i've got to walk like 1.5 meters through fields a kilometer sorry um to the field because it's not accessible apart from tractor I don't have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So in in the summer as well, when it was quite hot. So I've got a sort of an an Amazon special as well. We are not sponsored by Amazon people. We just shop there a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got like one of those army utility ones. So the bag is all at the side. And then that gives me room for my, um, I've got a Garrett serrated hand digger, which is on my belt loop on the other side. So that kind of evens me out. And then I tend to have yes. a backpack yeah. on and in there I've got like my water and my snacks and all that kind of stuff. But then in the summer, it gets really hot. Um, and I actually did get myself like a fishing vest thing this year. So it was like a lady's yeah. fishing vest, but it's got about 25 pockets on it. It's amazing. So you can have like your good finds and then your trash and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it does depend. And it does get heavy when you find all the boats, the bits off a tractor, and then it starts loading oh, you down, doesn't it? Because you've got you make I know. you have to take those away yeah. with you, folks. You must take them away and dispose of them properly. Um, and then but if I've got my backpack, then I can shove some of that in there, and at least it evens it out a bit for me because <laughs> it can get bad. I know, I know. I have to say, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm lazy, but I do. Um, I do try and keep my um, paraphernalia to a minimum. So uh, it's rare I take a backpack. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm out on my own, you know, I will. I'll take a backpack. I'll take it off. I'll leave it by a tree or something. Yeah. Um, just so I've got stuff to hand. But yeah, other times I, I tend not to wear one. It just I get frustrated, you know, with a backpack on. If I'm too like laden down with things, it, it frustrates me a bit, and I'm uncomfortable. So yeah, um, yeah, I try and keep it to a minimum. To be honest, I'm not probably not the best sort of kitted out. <laughs> <laughs> and also I know a lot of people have and I need to I need to look into these, but I know people have like their little brush and their pinpointers on like the little bungee cords, you know, so it's all mm, attached. Yeah. I'm I'm not I don't have anything kind of attached to me. So I have left pinpointers, you know, places before and um uh so I need to I need to think about that really. But um yeah, I keep it to the and I don't take and I know lots of people do. I don't take a little spray with me. Oh. So again, so again, it's a weird thing. If I find something, you know, I'll, I'll rub it off, dust it off. I have got a little brush in my bag, but um, sometimes I quite I like it to prolong, uh, prolong the excitement. I know what you mean. I know what <laughs> so you mean. Dust it off, think great. Pop it in my my uh, finest part, and then I sort of look forward to getting home and cleaning it off properly. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit of a weird 
things for me. It's like it keeps the excitement going. <laughs> so I have like two Christmas mornings <laughs> from my detecting day. I know what you mean. You often get on the videos when you watch people, people find the coin ball and they, they look at the imprint first and I'm like, what is it? Yeah. What is it? And they really prolong just that bit of themselves as well, don't they? It's the yeah. magic of finding yeah. that item. I totally get what you mean. It's totally yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a little spray bottle and um, I went to, if you go to Primark, um, near the till, they've always got these um, different size clear cosmetic bottles and they're the yeah. spray ones. Uh-huh. They're only like a pound yeah. for a pack of five or something. So I've got them, but I've also seen people using like empty sunscreen bottles and stuff like that because they've got yeah. a nice a nice force of spray. Okay, um, right. So we'll move on to then, Sophie, on to your uh, best finds. What best finds have you got? Well, I mean, the hammer coins owed me pretty much i have found two though probably i think my first comment that i found was charles the first shilling thing i think the shilling is quite big isn't it the charles the first shilling that was a whopper yeah um so that's my first hammer which i was really excited about that probably was my best find until i went to the rodney cook memorial uh, weekend and i found a beautiful elizabeth the first uh, Tower Mint half wrote, I think it was. Lovely. Um, which, yeah, which I was really excited about. So I think that's probably my best one, just because, I don't know, but I just really, it, because I'm a female detectorist, I'm always drawn to, you know, like female onyx, and uh, not that we've had many, obviously. <laughs> and, um, you know, in terms of Roman coins, I always wanted like the Faustina, um, the Elder or Younger. Mm. Um, and, um, well, I found a Sabina, um, Silver Denarius the other week as well, which is on my Instagram. But um, yeah, I, I always loved the sort of feminine finds. Yeah. So for me, Bucket Lister was an Elizabeth I. Yeah. Uh, queen of the description. So, so I was at the Rodney Cook Memorial and I found um, this half rope there. No. Um, it was an absolutely terrible signal. Um, I was detecting with somebody, um, and to be honest, if it hadn't been for him, sort of making me keep dig, <laughs> keep digging, <laughs> um, I probably would have abandoned it yeah. because it was a bad signal and it was one of those, you know, when you, you dig the, the hole and then you're like, mm, I don't know, it, you know, it was just really iffy. Yeah. And um, I went to this, the, the friend that I was with on the day, you know, just come and come away with your detector over this, just see what you think. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I think you need to keep going. So anyway, I did keep going and I did get this lovely um, half growth. So that for me is probably one of my um, one of my best finds. The silver denarius, the Sabina, who was wife of Hadrian. Um, yeah, that was found last week. Was, was pretty epic, to be honest. Beautiful, beautiful coin, and the, the detail on it just blew me away. I can't believe you know that had been in the ground for nineteen hundred years, mm. maybe two thousand years. Yeah. Um, and then last week it had a, has a bit of a an awesome week last week because I found that, and then I went on our land um, here in the farm. I very rarely detect here just because um, we have, so we don't farm the land and we have tenant farmers. Right. And, um, but I, there is, there's a lot of trash on, on the land to be honest. Right. And um, generally I haven't found much here. 
But I went on one of our fields. It had just been ploughed. Um, I've kind of named it Half Penny Hill, but just because I found all of that, it's Half Pennies on there. Um, and I thought, I'm not really going to find anything else, I don't think. But it had been ploughed. And um, so I went back on there and I was really, really amazed and delighted to find a fibula on there. Oh. So I know it's not, you know, on a bucket list of, of finds, it wasn't, it's probably not up there for most people. But oh. um, for me, I think the fact it was on our land and I knew therefore that, you know, the Romans had passed through, been on our land or whatever, uh, so close to home. For me, that was, yeah, I was just so chuffed because magic, um, isn't it? it kind of meant a lot, you know, being on, being on our land and being so close to home, I was like, like I could feel them <laughs> in that field. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, love that. But I've had lots of lots of very fine, and um, you know, I have been lucky. But the the sort of um, the hammers, yeah, they do elude me. To be honest, there's, there's lots I would like to find, but I haven't. Yeah, you'll get there. You'll find them. You'll find your groove for sure. And it's interesting that you. Yeah. Uh, dug that signal like you were saying and it was only the fact that someone was like come on come on yeah. and you did and yeah. it's quite scratchy the thing is they're so thin aren't they it depends how the lane and the ground so it's like yeah. one way or maybe partially under a rock and quite often there's other trash in the same place you're hearing like an iron yeah. tone but then there's a good tone and you're like should I shouldn't yeah. I but things like crystal bells as well you're always going to get the mixed be- uh, tone with the crystal bell because yeah. the bronze but then you've got the iron ball inside so it's going to give you a bit of a an iffy signal so that's, right. that's why it's important as to what you were saying earlier to learn your machine and become one with your machine yeah. almost isn't it and you really understand what's yeah. happening yeah or like me just think everything <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i like your affinity with the different um the sort of female monarchs and uh, yeah. rulers and things i'm exactly the same actually I, I know i think it maybe it's mm. you know it's a woman thing but um yeah i found i always like the feminine binds you know i found hemweights and um all yeah. sorts of things but you know it, things that are very personal like the the badge that i was that the brooch that i was talking about earlier from um this it, yeah it's a it's basically a, a coin that's been gilded and engraved with the word mother on um and then it said from mm. path at the top and hms barham at the bottom and um you know just the fact that it, it obviously belonged to a mother and clearly you know from a son who was well i think he was probably involved in the first world war rather than the second world war um just from doing my my research the date of the coin was 1910 so i'm thinking it was probably first mm. world war sort of memento that mm. he'd had you know made and engraved and gilded for his mother um and also that particular ship it turns out was involved in uh, a famous naval battle the battle of chutland yeah. in world war one but also it gone on to be involved in uh, World War Two and had been the only ship to have been sunk by a German U-boat in War, World War Two. So it was this sort of very famous ship, um, if you know your naval history. And um, but yeah, th- that particular artifact, you know, I just I was drawn to it because of, you know, it belonged to a mother and was clearly from a, a beloved son. And yeah, it was just. I don't know mm. things that 
have that sort of feminine link or um yeah I, I really like to be honest mm, and all the emotion behind that object right he was oh. going off to war oh they I know. both knew what that meant can you imagine and so that gift would have had yeah. so much significance yeah all that emotion it really and going down the research i mean i fell down a complete research um a rabbit hole with that one and i actually as as it, things came to light so i couldn't see any of the detail on this brooch until i started cleaning it and then the words from pat appeared and i thought well is that a patricia you know to a mom is it is that a patrick and then i saw the the words hms barham so then i, I googled hms barham and you know the first thing that came up was that this ship had been um blown up by a and sunk by a, a German U-boat mm. um and um like I, I felt emotionally like I actually you know for a minute there I was like really emotionally affected yeah because I just thought you know I found a brooch from some son who's potentially you know his life has been lost in in yeah. World War Two, and his mother's lost this beautiful brooch that you know a mm. beloved son had obviously had my paper I'm quite an emotional soul at the best of time but you know it, it did it really affect me I was like I felt like that you know feeling of shock you know when you read something it's like oh my god but then and I think you know doing a bit more research I think it, it, he was probably on on the boat in World War One mm. which you know thankfully there were no um, casualties in World War One that particular ship so yeah, the, the research and the, the finds, yeah, just take you down whole other routes, don't they? Quite emotional sometimes as well. They do, absolutely. Yeah, we've had some fascinating stories and people finding out who and what things belong to. Okay, so there's some fantastic finds already, Sophie. I'm very jealous. Um, I then swiftly always move on to have you found anything weird or odd yet in your journey? Uh, journey <laughs> yeah so i had a few probably <laughs> but one of my favorite um again with a, a sort of feminine um link i suppose was um i found it, it was half of a butterfly and it was very decorative very pretty and um i loved it it was just like you know half butterfly wing and um, couldn't really understand what it was. I had no idea. I was trying to ID it. Um, again, another rabbit hole. Um, I found out lots about medieval um, obsessions with butterflies and, you know, other periods of history having uh, sort of these obsessions with butterflies. So in my head, I was thinking, oh, this might be really exciting. Um, it turns out, actually, um, Darren from History and Earth helped me ID it. Uh, who I know you had on here a few weeks back, didn't you? Back in Thord. But um, yeah, he found, um, it must have been on the, the PAS, um, he found a, uh, a possible ID, which we believe it was a Victorian skirt lifter. Oh. <laughs> so it was a decorative butterfly, which would have been attached to what looked like a pair of barbecue tongs or cooking tongs, <laughs> yeah. which Victorian ladies, I did not know this, um, would carry around with them. God knows where they put the, this pair of tongs when they weren't <laughs> using it. Because, I mean, they were, you know, quite sizable. Um, but, yeah, they'd whip out their 
skirt lifter and <laughs> pick up their skirt and <laughs> to go traipsing across the fields or I don't know, muddy muddy lanes, pathways. I mean, who wow. knew who knew that there was, you know, a gadget for skirt lifting? <laughs> <laughs> You don't see that on Downton Abbey, do you? When they're no, skirt lifting, no, you and... don't see the skirt <laughs> <laughs> which understandably, to be honest, because yeah, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> so that was that was quite a funny find, um, but you know, I did really like it. it was quite a decorative little butterfly. It was very sweet. But um, yeah, this week I managed to find a tin of mackerel. One of my dates. Was there any best yeah. before date on it? Was well, it very you know old? I, I think, yeah, no, it was, uh, I think it had been eaten somebody's picnic. But um, uh, yeah, the things you find out there is, aren't they? But you've got to laugh because some days, I mean, that, <laughs> that's all that, that turned. I mean, literally, on Tuesday, I think that was my best find was a tin of mackerel, which I managed to have. I giggle about <laughs> yeah I, I've had one field um near me actually and it had quite a few old mackerel tins in it and I said to my oh, farmer about it and he said well quite often when they're in the cabs and they're harvesting and that they would have something like that and just wolf it down and lob the tin out the, lob the tin out. <laughs> out the uh, tractor window yeah because they couldn't stop they had to get going because you know weather whatever they need to get the harvest in and I was like oh okay that made it a bit more special then because I was like okay I can understand the connection <laughs> oh, that's very interesting very interesting so um, what's your favourite history era then, Sophie? Which is your favourite mm. at the moment, either to that find is, that you want to find? Yeah, and that's a tough question, isn't it? For anybody mm. who loves history, um, I think that's quite a tough question. I mean, I've always been obsessed with Viking era. Um, Viking. I I did my, I had an, um, you know, you're talking about the family tree on ancestry. So I've got a family tree on ancestry. I'm the I'm the last in a in a in my line of um I was the Jane. I've always loved the Viking era. Um always been obsessed with Viking. Then yes. since mum and dad took me to the Yorvik uh, Viking Museum when I was young, um, in New York. That was that was fantastic and, and that really sort of yeah, piqued my obsession and, and interest in that in that period. Um and I did my DNA um as part of doing my ancestry um research on um on the website there. But um yeah, it turns out I have some Viking DNA. I, oh. I believe it's Viking. I'm I'm saying it's Viking DNA. So yeah, five or six percent like Swedish, um, Danish DNA. So I feel like maybe my my love of Vikings is you know because I'm a little bit Viking. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, love Vikings, but I think probably. Um, I've always been fascinated in the Tudor and Elizabethan era. Um, always yeah. loved, you know, anything to do with Henry VIII and um, Elizabeth I. Absolutely loved that. So very, very interested in in um, in that period. And also a love of Georgian history as well. Yeah. I think the grandeur of the Georgian age, just I love. I, I grew up in a, a Georgian town. So Georgian architecture for me is, you know, I just find it absolutely beautiful, yeah. stunning. And as I say, the Georgian fashions and, you know, I, I quite fancy myself as a 
uh, a Georgian duchess, I think. <laughs> um, with all the, yeah, the amazing um, wigs and bustle, you know, just amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's hard, but I'd say probably those three periods. But I think over over the course of, you know, this hobby, I've, I've actually become more and more interested in medieval history. It, that was a period I knew very, very little about, to be honest. Um, Plantagenets, you know, I didn't know a great deal about them, but I've exited uh, down um Dan Jones, I've been, you know, sort of researching and reading and listening to a number of his um, audio books on, you know, on Tadjanet. And so, yeah, there's, there's, I tend to like periods with a bit of grit. Yes. <laughs> I like gritty history and, and the, the Vikings and, you know, Henry VIII and obviously just sort of fascinated by you know gritty periods of history really so yeah um, well there's a real story to get your teeth into oh, and... yeah i love the i love the social history and the yeah the stories and yeah amazing okay great so who is your favorite monarch or emperor then we have sort of touched upon this before but at the moment who do you think's your fave so i'd say probably elizabeth the first yeah yeah I'm, I'm keeping it yeah i'm going with the the female monarch here yeah and i just yeah always as i say always love tudor history um elizabethan history i think you know her 45 years as a monarch is pretty darn impressive isn't it yeah and uh, i like a, a strong female you know by that inspiring and you know even today we we have to fight mm. you know certain stereotypes don't we and glass ceilings and whatever but you know for me to be a, a female monarch then um and and have sort of you know such a successful reign really i know it was a bit mixed but generally i think it you know her reign was seen as the sort of early glorious years yeah. of, of british history weren't they um you know it's amazing really that um yeah that she sort of accomplished what she did and then i've got this massive um fascination with her uh her on well did they didn't they relationship with robert dudley and earl of leicester and um and love that and yeah she was just very you know well educated very um intelligent shrewd mm. determined strong yeah. female monarch so yeah i i think i'd probably she would probably be yeah, my favourite, I think. Yeah. And imagine like all that backstabbing that took place and people trying oh. to like take over, obviously, yeah. the, the throne. Yeah. And, yeah. How strong she had to be in her character and just judging who to yeah. trust and who not to trust. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think she had, you know, from what I've read, she had a lot of, she was very shrewd and very careful in the advisors, wasn't she, that she had around her. Yeah. Good advisors. Always fascinates me uh, a story, um, you know, with um, Robert Dudley, and I love to go to Kenilworth Castle. I don't know if you've been to Kenilworth Castle. Oh, I haven't. Castle, no. So um, yeah, that's worth worth a visit because obviously Robert Dudley hosted um, Queen Elizabeth the first there, and he built all these amazing state rooms. And it is just a ruin now, but you can walk all around it. They've got this fairly amazing. Um, sort of walkway that you can climb the ruins and 
um, see the views and see, you know, the her, the bedroom that she would have stayed in. And yeah, it's just, it, it's quite amazing. Right. The next section we move on to then, Sophie, is we talk about how you go about getting your permissions. But obviously you've got all your own land. Do you ever try and get permissions for anywhere, from anyone anywhere? Or do you have any tips for people on how to go about getting permissions? Yes. So I have some land here um, that I detect on. But as I say, I tend not to go on our land just because up until last week, I'd never found anything of, you know, interest really here. Uh, now I know because the road over on here, I feel a bit, a bit different about it but yeah so I, I have my own permissions and I have to say quite a few of them are through contacts and uh, you know within the farming kind of community people that I know but I'm also quite involved with our local village and um, part of the history um, historical society history group here I had some links and contact through through them and also obviously I have I've run my own business I work from home in um have a beauty business, which anybody that's read the Crawford's blog will know about. But obviously, I've got you know quite a lot of contacts um, through that as well. So, really, most of my permissions have come from people that I know. Yeah, I've have written letters, tried writing letters, uh, I've tried sending emails. I haven't been very successful in that regard, but I have um, I have got another. Uh, permission which is actually a sort of a country house hotel um not too far from here which i emailed them and you know they've got i know they've got um they had quite a few fields there and a medieval field with um well it was it it's a very bumpy field actually with uh medieval ponds in and um so i approached them and asked you know would they would they let me detect there and, and they agreed so that was that was great but yeah mainly i you know i it's been not easy for me, but mm. my permissions have come from people I know. So obviously you're halfway there really, aren't you, with that? It's harder when you've got to approach people by letter or, you know, you've got to go knocking doors. I haven't yet tried knocking on doors. Um, quite, you know, I am, am I shy? I don't know if shy is the right word, but, you know, I would certainly be a bit anxious knocking somebody's door and saying, hmm, mm. by the way, <laughs> would you let me go and detect just because I don't like, you know, if anybody was rude or um, I'd, I'd hate it. So, yeah, I haven't I haven't gone down that route to be honest. Um, and as I say, when I've sent letters, that you don't you don't always get a reply, despite me putting like a standard addressed envelope in or you know give my email. I mean, it's easy for people, but they they just don't do they. And it is hard. I know there's a lot of farmers uh, are very. Um, precious about their land they don't want anybody on it um yeah so yeah it, it's difficult I mean in terms of tips I really I'm still in at that point with my hobby that you know I'm still getting tips from everybody else so I can't say I really have any any great tips for for guesting permission but um, just keep at it I think and and be yourself and be personable and friendly and, and hopefully you know, people will will see that and, and trust you. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's quite interesting. It can be quite surprising when you start talking to your friends and family about what you're doing, and, and then suddenly they'll go, "Oh yeah, you know Bob. 
Bob's got like 100 acres. You should ask Bob. And you're like, I didn't know Bob had any land. And then, yeah, it's just like when you let people know what you're doing, they, they often really want to help you, don't they? So, yeah, it is a good way to is a good way to share yeah. with people that you know and love and then all of a sudden you might get these opportunities coming out i did i did have a client again like bought with the land she was like oh yeah i've got i've got you know a small paddock field i mean it's sort of like my garden but you're welcome to come well it's in the village that i live close to and i it is actually a historical conservation area so i was really really excited so i went you know detector in in hand and got there yeah. Oh my gosh, my machine was going absolutely crazy. Could not understand what was going on with it. But it turned out she'd got a, a you know, one of these lawn mowers, oh, uh, like the robotic mowers yes. that just goes round and round the lawn. But obviously, they have to bury a cable a perimeter thing for it to track perimeter, to. yeah, to keep it in there. So, top tier, if anybody, yeah, if anybody says, oh, can you detect on my small paddock slash garden, just check they've got a. Uh, robotic mower because it, <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I had to abandon it. I said, oh, it was really embarrassing as well. She was really excited to know if there was anything in the garden. She'd been gardening and she dug up some little lead toy, you yeah. know, and found like the odd thing. And she was really keen for me to detect there, but I just couldn't because this blooming robotic mower <laughs> and the wire that went around the perimeter was just sending my machine crazy. So, I did actually post on Instagram that day and was like, has anybody experienced this? Is this a thing? And quite a few people were like, yeah, yeah. that's going to definitely affect the machine. Yeah, so. big time. And if it's not easy just to turn it off, because sometimes it's hardwired in, isn't it? I've had a few fields yeah. where uh, the field next door has got cows or horses in it or something, and they've got an electric fence going on and there's like a car battery, but the farmer will often just disconnect that for me if I ask him nicely. Because um, otherwise, yes. same thing, I've been going around and the noise in your head, it's like oh. you can't pick out the repetitive kind no. of noise of that electric fence with the actual tones. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'd rather give up, yeah. go somewhere else. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, lovely. Well, we're going to move on to now the bucket list section. So first of all, we'll talk about what's on your bucket list list, Sophie, that you haven't found yet that you really want to find. You can't wait for that day. And then we'll talk uh, about the ultimate bucket list list and get you to place our next object on the ultimate bucket list list. My God. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's a lot on my bucket list. As I say, I, I the hammers generally elude me. I haven't found many of those. So, you know, would like to find another hammer. Yeah. Um, I know everybody wants to find gold. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me so much. I'm not, you know, yeah, I'd be happy if I found a gold, gold coin. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not something that really excites me. I think if I found, I'd love to find a gold um, stator. Oh. Yes. And, uh, I mean, I, I, it's a weird thing. I've ridden horses all my life, the horses, and um, probably see in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, behind me, the big painting of horses. But um, I just love, I love the stages with the, you know, the, the horse yes. on. And I know exactly so, what you mean. Yeah, I would love to find one of those. I don't know whether the tribe around here, I think it was the Dobbonese, I don't know how you say it, but... Um, so yeah, I would be really, really delighted to find one of those. That would probably be top, top find, top of my bucket list. But again, like I said, it for me, it's not necessarily about the coins. It's more about 
personal artifacts. And so I think if I wanted to find gold, I would probably, you know, I'd rather it be like a, I don't know, piece of jewelry or, um, you know, anything Saxon, Viking, like a, a pendant or something like that something would be personal, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, something personal. So, yeah, probably, yeah, like a Saxon Viking piece of jewellery or gold pendant or anything like that would probably be up there as well. I love that. And so with that, then we move on to our ultimate bucket list, the list. So we've had several objects placed on there already. Now, this can be something absolutely crazy and out there, like a big bucket of gold coins, or it can be something quite sensible and achievable. So the new detectorist can think about, oh, okay, yeah, I'd like to find that too. So we had Paddy put a crotal bell on there. We've had a gold noble put on there. What would the item be that you'd like to place on the ultimate bucket list? I list? Think- Probably would be the gold data. Um, yeah, if that's not on there, it's not on there. Yet. No, I'll put it on there then. Yeah, I think because you know they they are. Um, you can find them. I know lots of people that have found them. Yep. I know lots of people that have got more than one. So you know, I don't feel it's too too way out there, but it is pretty. You know, it's pretty special, isn't it? So very, very special. I think I'm going to add, yeah, a Celtic gold, gold data to the Brilliant. list. Brilliant. Excellent. That's a great addition to the list. And I'll look forward to doing a little bit of extras on the gold data as well. Thank you, Sophie. You're welcome. Brilliant. Okay. So what's going on with you in the future then? Have you got anything you'd like to promote? Anything else you'd like to let us know about? Any big digs coming up soon? No. I mean, it's been a busy year for me um, in terms of detecting, really. And um you know, I was invited to the Rodney Cook Memorial, which I absolutely loved, um, by Crawfords and Detectable, and then joining you on here as well on the podcast. So, yeah, I've had lots of sort of things happen this year, which um, detecting has brought my way, which, you know, I didn't expect for a million years I'd be involved with. If you'd have asked me back in January. Yeah, <laughs> well, fantastic. And we look forward to getting you on again in a year's time, Sophie, and seeing where you are and what else you found. If I found that gold data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to know all about it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Sophie, we can find you on Instagram, can't we, at yeah. Girl That Digs. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's when people can come and have a look and see what you found already and follow yeah. you on your detecting journey i just want to say a massive thank you for joining us on the podcast this week it's been wonderful interviews thank you very much and we look forward to getting you on again soon yeah i can't wait i shall look forward to it i hope i've got more stories brilliant (laughs) you will i know you will (laughs) all right thanks sophie take care thank you bye bye There you go, everybody. That was the lovely Sophie. You'll find Sophie on Instagram under her profile name, uh, at girl that digs. Just such a lovely, warm hearted lady. And she's only been in the hobby since April, really. And she's already found so much stuff, uh, made so many friends and really inspiring as shows, you know, detecting community is wonderful and we're all here for everybody quick ask from myself i need a favor if you've listened to this podcast or any of the podcasts please go into your podcast player give us a thumbs up rate us subscribe leave a comment um, go back through and listen to any episodes you might have missed 
check out the midweek extras we've got our patreon channel remember where you'll get the episodes or a couple of days earlier than everyone else so go to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast we've also got our etsy store where there's some merch so have a look christmas is coming help support the podcast and help us keep it going so that's etsy.com forward slash detecting history pod for our merch store until next week thanks very much bye Thank you.